0: So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Wow.
1: It's always awesome. To,
0: to see that behind the scenes, so if you heard that um, everybody who's helping out we couldn't do this alone. Uh, we can't do this alone, and and this is a tough topic today. Okay, the underreporting of military sexual trauma MST situations among our active duty corps and as veterans, stuff that happens to us, right? And so I am so blessed today to welcome 100. Uh, percent uh, disabled vet, Amy Lacey. She's one of our our incredible veteran coaches. Hi, Amy. Everybody say hi to Amy. She's, hi. She's amazing. Um, and we're, we're going to get really raw, really, really real, really open, very uncomfortably vulnerable today, um, because this is something we need to talk about. Okay. And nobody wants to talk about it. Which is exactly why we're going to talk about it. That's what we do around here, right? We we get comfortable in the uncomfortable. Uh, in fact, a message, Amy, that I share with our new members, <laughs> the the VA Clemson Insider Elite Program, and our program just began sharing this with them. Literally inside of the Elite Program process, I actually stayed in there, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Because because we're going to go right at it, and it's really the only way through this kind of stuff, right? And so, um, Amy, do you want to just give everybody a shout out here and, and tell us a little bit something about yourself?
1: Sure. Um, my name is Amy. I'm I'm living in Colorado Springs right now. Originally from Great Falls, Montana, and um, I have three kids: 18, 11, and nine. And I started with VA Claims Insider in August of 2019, and it's been the best job I've had um, serving vets, and it's been very therapeutic for me. Um, like Brian said, I went 100% PTSD MST uh, in June, so um, using the company resources, and um, yeah, it's been great. It's 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 a blessing to be able to help others. Um, I was I was helped by some really great people. So um, yeah, just paying it forward. And thank you for this opportunity, Brian.
0: You're very welcome. We're, we're blessed to, to serve alongside you. And one of the things that, uh, I'll just say this publicly since we're live right now, before we get get around to the shout outs of everybody hearing our voices, we get so many amazing comments about you, Amy. Oh. Veterans that, that message us, They poked on the mastermind. They send me messages directly. Um, You don't always hear about all of them. I probably need to do a better job making sure they get back to you. But um, our veterans really, really, really appreciate how you humanize this process and how you're just real with them, right? And I think when you're that way, especially as a coach, you're able to build a level of trust through that vulnerability um which eventually leads to you being able to influence right and that's that's really what this is about it's about helping veterans realize life change and a lot of times i think the steps to realizing that life change happens from getting comfortable being uncomfortable meaning you're finally sharing those uncomfortable truths about your life that maybe you've never told anybody else before. Um, I've personally been on calls, Amy, with veterans uh, who have not shared these MSP situations, even with their spouse. Right. And so, you know, these are things that as human beings, we were so embarrassed and ashamed by that we just hold them so close to the vest and I think eventually it just it bottles up inside of us to the point where you can't take it anymore and then you start seeing the side effects of that and we're going to get into to some of that today as well all right but before we jump in again fellow vets uh we really do appreciate you know you being here with us today you've got choices right there's probably lots of other things you could be doing other than uh, hearing us talking but um, this is such an important topic that we address, right? Military sexual trauma. And when we talk about MST, military sexual trauma, we're talking about assault and or harassment. Okay, and we'll talk a little bit more about some of those definitions um, and what those things mean and then some of the, the markers or the behavioral changes that can happen, okay? But before we do that, We want to recognize all of the veterans on this call who are hearing our voices right now. Both Amy and I are our fellow disabled vets. Mm -hmm. Um, And we want to thank you for your service and not the cheap thank you, uh, you know, from from those who don't understand military service, but the actual real life thank you from fellow vets who served alongside you. Hey Paul, good to see you brother, Raleigh, North Carolina. Hey Greg, Army 88 to 90, this is awesome. So y'all know the drill. You're welcome, Damien. Currently in the MST claim process. Thank you for this. You're very welcome. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Colorado Springs. Lisa posted a picture in our company channel this morning of this beautiful sunrise. It was awesome. Yes. Hey, hey, Rob. Good to see you, man. Awesome. Matt Schmidt, Army 01 to 09. Thank you for your service, brother. All right. That's awesome. Again, is there some more Uh, Eric the Bearded Vet? Feel free to to flash those on the screen. Hey, Tim. Hey. Hey, Leah B.
1: Hey, Leah. (laughs) Good
0: to see you. It's awesome. Steve, Amy Lacey is the bomb. (sighs) Great (laughs) quote. Heck yeah. (laughs) Hello from Missouri, hoping to hear info to help my mother. Hey, thank you, Tisha, for that. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's You know, can I get Amy as my coach? I don't see why not, especially since she's been through this. So we'll figure out um, how we can best connect you, Damien, with the resources. So, uh, again, fellow vets, keep flashing on the screen. We're recognizing your service. Karina, Army 95-01. Linda B., how are you? USMC, Semper Fi. Hoorah! Hey, Bernardo. Combat Wounded Vietnam Vet, thank you for your service. 100% thank you. Uh, Hey, Melissa, United States Navy, 98 to 03. Hey, Leroy, retired Master Chief. Awesome. Thank you for your service, sir. Aaron, U.S. Navy. Good to see you, bro. Hey, Kenny. First time viewer, Kenny. Thank you for being here, man. Hope uh, hope you spend more time with us in the future. Hey, Bradley. Army Airborne. Hoorah! (laughs) Makrita, that's a cool name. I hope I... I hope I pronounced that correctly. All right. As we go throughout, though, and by the way, thank you to to our team. We've got a lot of teammates on behind the scenes. Um, Amy and I couldn't do this alone. We've got an entire marketing support team behind us. We've got an entire internal and external engagement team. We have team members who monitor the comments. Um, One of the benefits here is, you know, I get to just prepare and then show up, right? And it's, and it's all, all done uh, around me. And so it's a total blessing. Ah, I love you, DP. b mm-hmm. D- is my spirit animal. You're my spirit animal, bro. As I like to call DP, he's my brother from another mother. <laughs> hey, Raul, USMC, number five. Hey, John, U.S. Navy, 76 to 02, retired out of Japan. Thank you for your service. It's awesome. All righty. So let's, um, I want to jump in to kind of the, the heart and the meat of this topic today. Um, and kind of like I said, all right, get comfortable being uncomfortable because because we're going right at it, okay? And we might even do a little myth busting. Um, I know I kind of came in with some uh, preconceived notions of MST and the reporting and who are the victims. And I'll tell you the the one thing that I want to start off with is when I was a little bit younger, when I heard things like sexual assault and sexual harassment, I tended to believe erroneously that a lot of times those are things that happen to women from other men. And what I've come to understand is it actually goes far beyond that. And and by the way, I'm not discounting that. It still happens often. Way too much. It's unacceptable, unsat. Okay. Unsat. And I want to address this point real quick before I, I come back to what I was talking about. We have got a military sexual trauma problem. I'm actually going to call it an epidemic. Okay. In our active duty corps today. Okay. To the point where, if you send your son or daughter now to wear the uniform, this is something that's probably front of mind for you. And it's sickening, it's disgusting, it has zero, no place in our United States military, okay? It holds us back, it prevents readiness, um, it undermines morale, it affects families and human beings for their entire life. It is unacceptable and it needs to stop. And I'll tell you, it angers me so much, Amy and fellow vets, when I see these four star generals get in front of Congress and in their reports that they're writing saying, you know, well, we've addressed the issue and here's what we're doing to stop military sexual trauma and and all this crap. We've had we've done more training you know, the bystander training, and it's now mandatory that we do this. Look, cut the crap, Mm -hmm. okay? I'm coming right at you. Cut the BS. The United States military is failing when it comes to military sexual trauma. You ain't doing enough, okay? You ain't doing enough. So whatever you need to do to finally be honest about the problem inside of your service branch, it's time to get real, okay? Because nobody believes you, nobody, all right? So there's your call out, it's time to get better, okay? And it's time to address this epidemic head on, just like we're gonna do today, because what happens? When these things happen to us on active duty, it causes an entire sequence of events that affects the person and their family for the rest of their life. Okay, and Amy, I want to I want to turn it over to you now as we we just get raw and real about our story. Um, and I would just ask you for for anybody who's listening, um, and thank you again for being here. This this is not comfortable to share. Um, can you what message as you kind of start sharing your story? in your journey with MST and coming to grips with it and the realizations that you've had over the years what what is one thing that you would say to anybody listening right now who has been the victim of an MST so so whether it's a sexual assault or a sexual harassment what is what is one thing that you would share with them kind of right here right now is they're sort of on the fence maybe you know maybe they didn't even want to show up today they right. saw the title of this of the underreporting of MST and they're kind of like uh I yeah I'm good. I need to go but I don't want to go and and now here I am is there anything you would share with with those folks
1: sure i you know this is a really this is a really tough subject and um, you know listening It this might not be the best time to listen to the video, you know. Maybe come back later um, when you're alone and you're maybe not around co workers or family, or that you can really kind of listen to it and take it all in. Um, I think the biggest thing is just, you know, really trying to be uncomfortably vulnerable and telling your story so that you can get the disability and compensation you deserve, you know, just being open and honest. And it's not, it's never something that's easy to talk about. Um, just, you know, there's people that want to help and there's light at the end of the tunnel and it's not always a easy ride. Um, the last time we did a, a live, I had a client who, um, called right before just ironically, and she's, said, I can't do this anymore. It's too much, it's too stressful. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're gonna believe me. And uh, she joined and uh, the the live and, and she stuck it out and she went zero to 70% PTSD, MST um, from something 13 years prior. And she didn't report it, but she was able to articulate herself and put the stuff down on paper and go to the CMP and tell her truth. And it was, it was rewarding for her, um, at the end, you know, I mean, it's, it's not something that's going to make you feel better because you get the rating, but to a certain extent it, it does help, you know, yeah. it, but most importantly, it allows you the resources to get help. Um, and that's, what's the most important is being able to get the resources through the VA, um, for help when it comes to this stuff.
0: It's thank you for that. And it's almost, you know, it's almost like a sense of justice where, you know, maybe maybe you got no sense of justice because it was never reported. Right. right? And so then you kind of go through this these year long, multi year long, 13 years in this this gal's example of probably not wanting to talk about it because you're fearing that nobody's going to
1: believe you. Right. In fact, just like you had said earlier, she she hadn't even told her husband until recently. Um, You know, there's a lot of shame and guilt. And um, when it comes to it and, you know, you feel some sort of way and, you know, it's I can relate, you know, to people when they say, you know, was it my fault? Did I did I do something? Why did this person think it was okay? Did I give them the wrong idea? No, it's never okay. You know, if you say no, you say no if it's unwanted, it's unwanted, you know, right is right. Wrong is wrong. And that's wrong. If you say no. And, um, you know, some it's, it's a very, I will say that it's, uh, I think it's tougher for men. Um, but I do have right now more men MST victims that I'm working with than females. Um, and I feel like they struggle. There's a stigma attached to when men go through that, I think a little bit more. Um, And I I think it's definitely underreported when it comes to men just because of that, because they don't want to talk about it. Um, They, they, you know, I had one guy say, you know, his, his um, mom has never looked at him the same and that bothers him significantly. Um, you know, there's, it's just a very difficult subject, but, you know, it's, if you, if you, if you trust the process and you go through it and, you know, I think, um, you know, you'll, you'll get the resources that you need and, um, you know, be on a path for, for healing. You know, I, I like to say, you know, the path, one thing that, that I struggled with, um, was I felt like, when I talked about it or if I talked about it or I went back to um, that place, it put me back as being a victim and I wanted to be a survivor. And so it was a journey from being a victim to a survivor. And I just really struggled with talking, speaking out loud. And I talked to, you know, my coaches uh you know, about that, that I, I was struggling with that. I was struggling with just actually, you know, I had an intent to file and I drug my feet for, you know, from August till June, um, because I was feeling like that, you know, I was feeling like if I, if I go here, it's going to put me back in the victim, um, role, but I actually found that it, it didn't, you know, it, it gave me, it made me be, um, I felt more empowered and more, um, wanted to share my story to help people. And so, um, that I think was a huge step for me, um, being able to be open and talking about it and, um, just, you know, staying focused that, no, I'm not that, that, that victim anymore. I am a survivor. I am here. I'm telling my story. Um, and I want to help people.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that level of vulnerability. And um, before we actually went live, Amy and I were, were chatting briefly just about um, her story and the amount of years and time that went by. And, and and in fact, Amy, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you mentioned that you really hadn't told anybody else about this until just a few months ago.
1: Right. Yeah. I wasn't really that open about it, you know, because, It really, um, that's a, that's a very personal thing to share and it's very difficult. Um, you're really putting yourself out there. Um, you know, I, I thought about how it would affect my family, how it would affect my, my friends. Like, um, you know, I, I, I struggled with that. I was like, how can I, how can I, you know, do this and my family doesn't know, um i think you know i mean obviously you know my mom knew but um it, but my my dad that was my biggest fear you know telling my dad and thinking you know on facebook here i am you know wanting to um tell my story and i haven't told my dad and and we have mutual friends and are they going to think of me different or how and then i realized that you know i was doing what I tell clients not to do, you know, and, um, and then I just, you know, it was a a big step for me. And actually I think it's been very, I have had not any kind of backlash or any kind of commentary, uh, just encouragement and people saying that it helps. And, um, I, I think I, if I had to do it over again, I think I would have tried sooner. I think I would have tried to, you know, um, talk about it sooner because it, it helps. It, it has helped me and it's helped me on the, the path of, of healing, you know? Wow.
0: That's powerful. Uh, thank you for sharing that Amy. And again, being, being vulnerable and for anybody listening, right. If you're the victim here of an MST situation, you, you're, you're never going to hear me, you know, call you on the phone and say, all right, well, I, you know, I want you to talk about it right now. Right. Tell me what happened. Like that's, That's not the way that this goes down. You're gonna be supported and uplifted in community. And if and when the time is right, and you feel like it's time to share your uncomfortable truth, the door will be open for you, right? And and you can walk through it. And Mm -hmm. I just want all veterans to know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. There there are team members on our team who are victims of MST, who are now survivors of MST, who have used that trauma for good, okay? Mm -hmm. And that might sound like an oxymoron because there ain't anything good about trauma. But if there's one thing I've learned about life, Amy, and and fellow vets, and, and these are things that I'm learning on this journey, too. Okay, I learn something new every single day. There can be beauty in brokenness.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share that again. There can be beauty in brokenness. And sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you realize the life change that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so, yeah, we... We're great at helping you get the VA benefits you deserve, right? That's what we do, but that's not why we do it, okay? Why we do it is we believe that there's a better way. We believe in the power of community and veterans to change the world, right? We believe we've got a mental health crisis specifically in the veteran and military population, right? Why do you think the suicide rate is almost double what it is in the civilian population, right? Well, it's because of the mental health issues. Well, where do the mental health issues come from, right? Many times the mental health issues, male, female, whatever, those mental health issues can stem from trauma, okay? And it's not just combat trauma, right? You don't you don't have to be out there kicking in doors, you know, clearing rooms, engaging in combat with the enemy. Sometimes the trauma that's worse is a trauma that maybe came from a peer. Yeah. Trauma that came from a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a spouse, trauma from a boss. Um, and these things cause lifelong scars. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I got a few scars too, okay? But I'm telling y'all, there is beauty in the brokenness because you can begin to piece things back together. Now you may never be the same again. Mm-hmm. okay You might have major trust issues. You might have major anger issues. You've maybe come through alcohol and drug addiction. You've maybe come from sex addiction. right? I I just recently learned of a story of of a a military veteran who actually became a prostitute trying to deal with these things. Uh, This past week, we had some incredible VSO nonprofit, um, some amazing women, minority vets, the pink berets, who literally came into our home here in Austin, Texas, sat down with with Laurel and I, my wife, and shared some of the women issues in the veteran community. Okay, now let me be clear: this this MST thing is not just a women issue. Right. This is a a man issue. This is a woman issue. This is an everybody issue, okay? But the conversation we had, uh, Amy and and fellow vets, on our patio was, again, talking about this idea of life change and some of the struggles that we go through as, as veterans. And one of the gals actually became a heavy, heavy cocaine addict, went homeless. This is a Navy veteran. Went homeless in the state of California could not get mental health care or treatment and just literally life began a downward spiral into, into drug addiction, alcohol addiction. Um, again, there's, there's beauty in the brokenness. She finally mm-hmm. came out. She got hooked up with a vet center. She got connected with some folks who helped get her off the streets, who got her into inpatient therapy and care. And guess what? She's about to start her own nonprofit that helps other veterans. That's cool. Okay. Again, there can be beauty in the brokenness. But you got to take that half step. Yep. Okay. You got to take that half step. And so, Amy, I want to turn it back to you. And, and as much as you're willing to share, can you can you tell us a little bit about? your story and about your journey. I don't, I don't, we don't need specific details if you're not comfortable, but can you just share the journey and what that has been like for you?
1: Sure. Um, I was active duty. I had just um, PCS from Lodges field to Azores to my hometown, great falls, Montana. And um, um, that's when it happened. Um, a, a very weird um, ironically, I was a unit deployment manager, um, and there was a Lieutenant Colonel nurse that was, um, going to be deploying and I didn't really know her, but, um, when it happened, she was the first person I thought of, um, um, and I, I called her and she came and picked me up from where I was left and took me to the emergency room. So. In my situation, there was documentation uh, for the the situation, but um, what I think happened with me is um, I got lost in my job. Um, I definitely didn't want to the military has where you can do reported or unreport or restricted or unrestricted. And so that's what I did. So they give you two years. If you want to report, you can. Um, but that's what I chose to do um, because I was uh, wanted to protect my family. And I was like, you know, I'm new to this base. I know so many people. I grew up here and um, I was embarrassed to be quite honest with you um, that I lost myself, I think, in work and just keeping busy. Um, I was a single mom at the time. So um, then when I later um, got out after 11 years, that's when it really hit me. Um, That's when I was like, wow, you know, I I had to deal with it. Um, I, I I was home with my three kids and I had nothing but time. And that's when I really realized that I had a lot of things that um, that I needed to deal with. I had a great support, um, system. I had a really good friend that helped me significantly through that time. But, um, I feel like that's when, you know, all the dust settled is when it really started, um, impacting me and I started having issues with it. And I really started just kind of admitting to myself that this, this happened. Um, and then I started, you know, going to counseling. So I I got out of the military with 80% of disability. And then I, I had 50% for PTSD. And um, I went back and went to, um, I ended up going um, to 70%. PTSD, MST, and then just recently to hundred. So it was a process. So, you know, I didn't come straight out, but the more vulnerable I was and the more open I was to how it was truly affecting me is when things started changing. Um, and that's when I, you know, got the increased rating and it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, it affects people differently. You know, some people it affects them immediately with work. Um, there's, you know, and that's when we talk about markers, you know, maybe there's um, it's it's one of those situations that maybe it affects you at work and you were um, this star performer and all of a sudden your performance goes way downhill, Um, you start acting out inappropriately or getting in trouble and Um, one guy actually was discharged for the military because of his, his behavior. Um, you know, and sometimes that's, that's the markers, um, for you to be able to tell your story to the VA. Um, sometimes it's physical, you know, maybe something happened. Um, one guy, he, he, his nose was broken. Um, and he was told if he reported it, that, you know, him or his family would come up missing, but years later he was able to show that he went to, um, the hospital for his broken nose, you know? Um, and so, you know, I just, there's, there's markers, there's, you know, you can support your situation with, um, buddy letters, uh, maybe going to the doctor, um, talking to, uh, to a counselor and being diagnosed with it, um, You don't necessarily have to have that documentation that says this happened to me um you know and that's what we as coaches try to help you guys with is you know helping you tell your story getting it out there get you know did you talk to anybody about it did anybody notice the you know difference in in behaviors maybe family members noticed that you um were not the same person um, anger issues, drug use, um, like you you had said. You know, I've I had one one male that he became a, a prostitute, and and started exploiting gays. You know, I um one 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 veteran um that I talked to. You know, he stays in the gym for hours upon hours, and he says he'll never be you know in a situation that someone can take advantage of him again. Um, So, you know, I think just being able to kind of sort out what, what, what are your markers? What are your, your symptoms? What are you dealing with? um, Is, is, is very key when it comes to talking about your claim and not, not giving up, you know, sometimes the VA gives you bad information. Um, Sometimes the VA gets it wrong, but, you know, stick with it and keep fighting and, um, get the benefits and, and disability compensation you deserve. And they and I do, I do hear often that you know, um, a client that I had, you know, the the VA was giving them kind of a hard time, and saying that she needed to report it, she needed to go to the military sexual trauma coordinator at the VA, and she needed to do a statement, and um, you know she or go through the process of reporting it and she was like no you know i'm, I'm not going to this happened 13 years ago you know i'm not going to do this um you know it but sometimes they get it wrong and so you know just lean on your coach if you can um and just don't give up you know um there's you know if if it was if it was that easy to prove, then it wouldn't happen. Right. If it was being recorded, would it have happened? So what proof do you have sometimes? And that's what I always tell veterans. Like, you know, how, how do if they say prove it, how do you prove it? Not everybody reports it because of retribution or because of, you know, the fear of, you know, leadership and that, that happens. Right. Um, and so um, just being encouraging, you know, to, you um, to people and you know, helping them be uncomfortably vulnerable and getting their truth out there.
0: That's powerful. Thank you, Amy, for sharing that. Uh, some, some real nuggets in there for anybody hearing our voices right now, talking about your MST situation and how that might relate to your VA benefits. And I, I wanna talk to this for a second because here's part of the issue I think that might be holding some veterans back from being uncomfortably vulnerable about an MST situation, right? You may be hearing my voice right now and you're the victim of a sexual assault, sexual harassment, maybe multi times over and you just have never said anything to anybody, right? And here's here's a, a thought, I don't know about you but I don't trust the VA, okay? I've got trust issues. I don't think I've met a disabled veteran yet who has said, yep, I fully trust the VA, right? And and I'm good with, with who I'm going to get connected with for my mental health therapy, and, and I'm going to go in and tell them my uncomfortable truths. I don't think I've ever heard that, not once, okay? So a part of, I think, the issue, like you said, is the lack of documentation of these incidents. OK, well, 20 years ago, there there was no such thing as the restricted, unrestricted reporting. Right. Right? And this was just something right. we didn't want to talk about. So you maybe are the victim of an MST situation that happened years ago, mm-hmm. or maybe it just recently happened, but it never got reported. You never went to the hospital. You never told your chain of command. Heck, maybe it was your boss who assaulted you. Right. Well, guess what? That's part of the problem, is the chain of command, right? Well, who who are you going to report your sexual trauma to if it's your direct supervisor, who's your your, ch- your first line of your chain of command, right? Well, that's why they came out with this idea of the restricted and unrestricted reporting. Again, I think the stats are way wrong. I think the numbers are significantly higher than what's put out. Um, by the VA. I want to read this real quick and I'm going to come back to um, the thought again, Amy, on maybe what's holding you back from reporting and then shed some some good news on the documentation requirements for MST situations leading to mental health. And, and I'm going to read this. Uh, this is a blog post we wrote uh, not too long ago. This is what the VA is reporting. Okay. Take that with a grain of salt. According to the VA, okay, this is for veterans who use VA healthcare, okay? So now now you know that the number is obviously wrong because there's a lot of vets who don't trust the VA. They don't use VA healthcare, okay? Mm -hmm. So these stats are for veterans who use VA healthcare, okay? It is reported that. It's ridiculous. (laughs) 23 out of 100 women okay 23% of women reported sexual assault when they were in the military okay that means that they wore the uniform again i think that's extremely low okay i bet the number is much higher than that i would even go so far as to say the number might even exceed 50% and that may shock you um that's, that's just reality, okay? Again, that's my opinion. And the other thing I found interesting though is that's just talking about sexual assault. So let's talk about sexual harassment, okay? Mm-hmm. Unwelcome sexual advances, unwelcome or lewd comments, okay? That's, that's part of the military culture and it's shameful, okay? 55 out of 100 women 55 percent of women and 38 out of 100 men, 38 percent of men have experienced sexual harassment when in the military. Well it's interesting they, they aren't even reporting sexual assault numbers among men right and you heard Amy just mention earlier of the veteran she's helping through the elite program she has more male. MST victims right now than female victims. Okay. So dudes, okay. We ain't immune to this either. Right. Right. This, this, this cross cuts every part, every demographic. All right. Um, and so again, 55% of women and 38% of men have experienced harassment. I think those numbers are insanely low. I think the number of women who have been sexually harassed, shamefully, is probably 60, 70, 80, 90 percent. I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Amy. Um, 38 percent of men reported sexual harassment. I bet it's way over 50 percent. Okay, again, I'm just curious what your thoughts are, Amy, on those on those numbers and what you think about the stats.
1: I agree. I think it's definitely underreported. Um, I think there's, there's too much fear of retribution. It destroys people's lives. It destroys people's careers. And, you know, they, a lot of people feel, you know, to keep it to themselves for fear of reprisal for fear of it getting out for fear of, you know, um, other people knowing what happened or finding out. Um, and that happens, unfortunately, you know, and so but, um, that's, that's why people don't want to report it because they see the negative backlash that comes with it. Um, you know, and I, I, I definitely think, especially with men that it's underreported for sure. Um, I, again, I think it's a stigma thing. And I think that, um, you know, I find that sometimes when I talk to vets, they don't always, it takes them a while to open up and then they're kind of like, well, you know, maybe, you know, this, this happened. And, you know, I think, I think I want to talk about this or, um, and, and it, it, you can tell the the hesitation and the fear of being denied Hmm. is enough for people to not want to report it or people to, you know, to feel like, will somebody believe me? It makes them not want to report it. And, um, that that's the thing, you know. Do the does the VA get it wrong? Absolutely.
0: It's yeah. almost like another blow, Amy. Of you know, here I've here I've never reported this out of fear of mm-hmm. essentially being called a liar. Right. It's it's the fear of of being told you're you're lying. Right. right. That, that it's actually your fault or that it didn't happen. And then fast forward, and now you're going up against a bureaucratic, broken system, <laughs> and, and who you don't trust
1: yeah. anyway. Yes.
0: So now you're being, you know, you, now you're thinking about now I'm supposed to tell about this incident that I don't think people were going to believe me on anyway. And now you're telling me I'm supposed to tell the VA about this? Um, mm-hmm. no. Right. So look, I, I want to. I want to shed some some ray of light and hopefully give you some hope if you're hearing our voices right now and you've been the victim of an MST situation on active duty and now you're seeking benefits for that. By by regulation and by law, okay? The evidence requirement to prove a mental health disability condition due to MST is a lower threshold than the other types of mental health disabilities, okay? Now, I'm going to explain, again, why that is. The VA actually does realize, they do realize and they do acknowledge that many of these MST situations never get reported, okay? Documenta- there's probably no documentation anywhere, okay? Maybe you have some, but you probably do and it can be enough for you to write your own personal statement as painful as that might be mm-hmm. okay it's certainly helpful if you can get a buddy right which is a 18 an individual 18 years of age or older who can shed some light on what they know okay or what you've told them or how your behavior changed after the incident, okay? So maybe it was somebody you served with, okay? Maybe, let me just give you an example. Let's say that you were you were deployed overseas and you shared rooms with uh, fellow service men and women, okay? Maybe you suffered from an MST situation while deployed, whether it was from another active duty troop, from a civilian on base, from a third country national, regardless, something happened to you, okay? Odds are that if that incident occurred to you, the MST, everything went okay, okay? Your behavior changed because of that incident. Mm-hmm. Maybe you weren't sleeping as well, okay? Maybe your work performance really suffered, or conversely, your, your that's all you did was work. Right, it's like that's how you took your brain off of the incident. Okay, maybe there was some significant anger issues. Maybe you got in trouble. Maybe you got arrested by security forces. You were caught drinking or doing drugs. Right? Um, there's lots of different things, though, that we do as human beings to try to cope with these things. Okay, that are not okay. That are not good. That continue to destroy us. Those are markers. Mm -hmm. Everything that I just described are behavioral indicators, markers that there was some trauma. Okay, so you could perhaps get a fellow service member who served with you in the example I gave of the deployed location or a home home station training incident. Or maybe it was just something that occurred off duty while you were at home station right in, in the U.S., If you can find one person, 18 years of age or older, somebody you served with, uh, an ex spouse, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe that person knew, maybe you told your ex that you were assaulted or harassed by somebody else on active duty. And maybe that's part of the reason why you're no longer married to that person, right? Getting a personal statement from an ex is incredibly powerful because that alone could be a behavioral marker, that our relationship was never the same. Yes, he or she told me about this, and we couldn't trust each other anymore. Once it came out, our sexual life was destroyed, right? We no longer had any form of connectedness, and we slowly drifted apart, and, and we got divorced. That right there is a behavioral marker. Relationship difficulties and problems, divorces. Um, maybe you've you've just become to the point where you don't even want to leave your own home yeah. out of fear of being around other people, right? I mean, Amy, I don't know about you, but- I'm not an MST, military sexual trauma survivor, but because of my own PTSD, I don't trust people and I don't really like to leave my house. Right. So so now imagine you've got a mental health condition caused by MST, you might be less likely to want to leave your house. That's a marker, okay? Maybe you don't have any friends you've got zero social life, that's a marker, Yeah. okay? So the point though of me sharing these things with you, uh, men and women hearing my voice, is that a personal statement alone written by you, okay? That's also called lay evidence, Mm -hmm. which simply means after the fact evidence. (laughs) That's all that means, okay? or a letter you could get from somebody who's a competent individual, 18 years of age or older. What does competent mean? Are you competent and credible? Meaning you are aware, you have knowledge of the circumstances surrounding a set of events such as an MST situation of another serviceman or woman who never got reported. It never got into a medical record. Person didn't go to the hospital. There was no investigation. It never got reported to chain of command. The personal statement alone is enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, But again, you have to tell your uncomfortable truths. Right. As ugly as it may be. Okay, Amy, I, I did this in the, the last show and I want to do it with you. She doesn't know I'm about to do this. Stand by, okay? Tell me, tell us listening. When was the last time a Veterans Benefits Administration, a VBA employee called Amy Lacey on the phone, said, hey, Amy, how are you? This is, you know, this is Steve or Jane or Mindy or Mike from the Department of of Veterans Affairs and with the Veterans Benefits Administration. And I wanted to just let you know, like, I'm looking out for you today. I was actually, you know, thinking about you. I reviewed your DD-214 and your military records. I really think you've got some disabilities here that, that you should claim because you're underrated right now, and and I want to help you take action to get the benefits you deserve. Okay, Amy Lacey, how many times has your phone rang in the last 10 years?
1: Never, ever.
0: Zero. I- That's a big fat goose egg, okay? And she didn't know I was going to do that. (laughs) Guess how many times Brian Reese's phone has rang? This many times. Goose egg, okay? Again, you serve, you deserve, okay? But ain't nobody going to do it for you. Right. Okay. You have to be open. You have to be honest. You have to be uncomfortably vulnerable, and you have to take action because nobody is going to call you to help you do it, okay? This many people are going to call you on the telephone looking out for you, okay? That's part of, Amy, why we exist. Right. We founded this movement. This community of veterans helping veterans worldwide because we recognize the problem. Veterans have no community. Veterans lost a shared identity and sense of purpose. We suffer alone in silence.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and we think we're the only one right? Well, it's just, it's just me, right? It's just, this only happened to Amy. There's nobody else out there. And so I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to continue to lock myself in my home. Right. And, and not that's it. Right. That's what we do. We self isolate because of the ugly. Right. Right. And at VA claims insider, you're never alone ever, ever alone. Okay, never ever alone. So, Amy, b- before we we get to the the questions, and again, uh, for about ten or fifteen minutes or so, when we're done, um, Eric the bearded vet behind the scenes. Thank you, brother. Again, uh, yeah. all of our teammates monitoring the chat. Thank you. Um, we're going to try to answer some questions live. Okay. Uh, again, I know this is an uncomfortable topic. People may not want to put themselves out there. You can also send us a private message. OK, if you go to vaclaimsinsider.com contact, you can send us a private message. You can also send us a private message on our chat, which is off of our main website. Um, if you don't feel comfortable talking about your situation um, here on Facebook. OK, I understand that. Um, Amy, in in kind of closing this topic, is there anything else that you would want to share With, you know, just remembering some of the struggles you've had, some of the reluctance to talk about it. Um, Is there anything else you want to share with the folks hearing us right now?
1: I would say, you know, just, um, you know, believe in yourself, believe in your strength, you know, know that, you know, you're here, you are a survivor, even though it might not feel like it, you are, Um, you're on that road and you know, continue to be on that road. You know, sometimes it, it might take everybody, you know, handles things a little bit differently. Um, but reach out, reach out to, you know, your support system. If you have one, reach out to us, reach out to, you know, maybe talking, you know, to your counselor or therapist, whatever, um, and saying, hey, I think it's time that I talk about this and and starting that journey to um, getting the the compensation that you deserve and just sticking with it and, and owning it and knowing that, um, you know, the fight is worth it. You know, you mm-hmm. just stick with it, um, stick with us. Um, I know it can be discouraging and I know, you know, but hey, a lot of people you've been dealing with this for years, you know, and and you're gonna keep dealing with it if you don't do something about it. So let us help you. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of people and VA claims insider, great coaches, uh, survivors, um, and, you know, we're here to support you. And that's, what, that's really what we wanna do. We wanna, you know, get the message out there that, you know, regardless of your gender, <laughs> you know, come, let us help you. And I think, you know, um, I've I've kind of been watching the chat a little bit as we've been talking Brian and I think you know it's motivating for people to you know go back through and read some of the comments and, and see that you know you are not alone. Um the struggle is real and people this is this is a very important topic and um I think it's not talked about enough and I think the more that we can talk about it And we can have that communication um, that the more people feel like they're not alone. And that's what I love about this company is that, you know, here we are in the mastermind and this is a a closed group for um, our clients. And, you know, you, the camaraderie builds and, and you become, um, you know, that support is there. It's, it's not just from the coaches, it's from other veterans um, and, And I think that that's so empowering and so motivating. And I know every time I hear, you know, somebody tell their story, I say, thank you, you know, because it, it just brings that commonality and it brings that, um, you're not alone and yes, you know, you are doing, um, if you can just be that one person, if you can just help that one person, Um, then you, then you've been a life changer. And I think that, you know, that's motivating and it's encouraging and seeing these comments, it's so um, encouraging. And I, I would challenge you guys to go back through and, and just read that, Hey, a lot of people are dealing with this and no, it's not comfortable. It's definitely not comfortable and it's hard, but you know, it's something that needs to be addressed. Like you were saying earlier, Brian, it is just, it's not dealt with enough. It's not handled the way that it should be. And it's not talked about. It's one of those, you know, really tough situations that, you know, nobody really wants to talk about, but I think the more that we can be out there and we can educate people and we can let them know that, Hey, you're not alone. And, And um, create that dialogue, the more successful we're going to be in making a change and being encouraging for those people that, you know, hey, you waited 20 years and you're, you know, hey, you have somebody that's 10 years, don't wait another 10 like I did, do it now. Um, And don't be silenced, you know, the VA, I think in general, can shoot people down and really discourage them. Um, But you know, stay with it. Stay, stay on the, on the path to getting the disability and compensation you deserve, and just you know, believe in the the process. Really trust the process and hang in there with us.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for that. Really, really powerful stuff. Again, the the comment section is incredible. Um, yes. me and I are, are live on Facebook right now. Um, if you happen to be watching this recording on YouTube. Um, after the fact, I would encourage you to scroll and look at the comments mm-hmm. here. I would encourage you to go to our Facebook page um, VA Claims Insider and find this video. Right, you can go to the the tab that says videos. You can click it, go look through the comments. Yeah, uh, as Amy mentioned, because you ain't alone, right? You're you're not alone, and here you matter. Here you are not a number in the system. You're a human being with a name. You raised your right hand. You took the oath of office, right? And that's special. And here we celebrate you for the patriots that we are, okay? And we ain't going to let anybody ever take that away, okay? And that's, again, the stuff that we talk about here. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right? Yes. With the racism thing, yes. systemic racism in our country. We go right at it. Right. Let's talk about it. Right? We go right at it.
1: Right. And, you know, there are resources out there, you know, with the VA, too. They do have, you know, the military sexual trauma coordinator, Um that, that you can go to as well. Um, I, you know, I've heard mixed, it, it, it's, it's kind of a hit or miss, I think. Um, but, you know, if, if they the resources are there, reach out to them if you need anything um, and, and see if they, you know, there's, if they can, they can help you.
0: That's awesome. Great ad there, Amy. so hey, in the in the time that we've got left here, we've I know I know we've been going just over an hour. Um, why don't we take a few questions if we're comfortable talking about them? Go ahead there on James, Amy.
1: How does the risk treatment prior to this?
0: So he's talking about I think James oh, if, is that you're talking about true. so you, you had sexual trauma prior to service, but it was, so it's a pre-existing, right. But it was made worse by your active duty service. Can you talk about that a little bit, Amy?
1: Sure. You know, I mean, it, it could just be that it exacerbated it, you know, that, you know, maybe it was something that you dealt with um, when you were a child growing up and then, you know, it was, and then you came into the military and something happened and it made it, it made it worse. That's definitely, Um, still, yeah, you can absolutely still get rated for that. Um,
0: I'm thinking of a situation, Amy, that I actually had with a client um, a couple years ago. He had pre-existing depression. um, And the pre-existing depression was made worse by an MST situation mm -hmm. that happened on active duty. And he was worried that if he filed the claim for PTSD MST, that it was gonna get denied and the VA wasn't gonna believe him. They were gonna say, well, you were already depressed you know, because of your, your terrible childhood, right? Well, it turns out he did an independent psychological evaluation. He started, got him back in mental health therapy and treatment at the VA. He started taking medications, started going to vet centers again and wrote a strong personal statement to include a buddy letter, okay, who remembered, remember we talked about some of the behavioral mm-hmm. changes and the markers that happened after this MST. But the, the veteran specifically wrote in his personal statement, he went right at it. I did enter the military with some pre-existing depression. However, my preexisting depression was not severe enough to negatively impact my life right? I still served on active duty. Yes, I got some help and some therapy, but it didn't rise to significant life health, occupational and social issues or impairment. Well, then the the sexual assault happened. Okay. And life began a downward spiral and the depression went from, you know, very moderate major depressive disorder, even mild MDD, to very severe PTSD MST. Mm-hmm. So, what ended up happening is the VA service connected the PTSD MST at 70%, and they linked the exacerbation of the depression as a symptom, right? That it got mm-hmm. worse. So they didn't just outright deny the claim. Okay, so the, the that's the yeah. long-winded answer to say yes, you can still get VA disability benefits for pre-existing conditions, which means you had the disability prior to entering service, okay? However, your active duty military service made the pre-existing condition worse, okay?
1: So something that I really haven't shared, I I don't really talk about this, But for the sake of encouragement, you know, um, I actually um, for 13 years when I was when I was growing up, I went through um, my grandpa sexually molested us and I went through treatment and I did EMDR um, and I feel like I was pretty good. I feel like that EMDR was very successful for me. And I went into the military with that, and so it did. You know that did come out um, when all of this happened, and it was. But it's exactly what you said, Brian. It it exacerbated it, right? It made it even worse. And um, you know, but I went into the military with that, and so don't don't let that discourage you. (laughs) Don't you know? I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that whatever happened in the military, it's it's still. Don't let that discourage you from. um, And actually, one of my clients, um, she was she was let in um, with pre existing um, mental health conditions, and she just, you know, she was the one that waited for thirteen years, and she just okay. finally got rated too. And that's what she was afraid of is, you know, what because it's on my documentation that I had this mental health condition before I came in. Well, they let you in um right so you know i mean it was documented and um you know for me and uh you know when i came in so it was you know it they definitely asked me about it um through um going through the the process but um i was able to say you know well this 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 is coming from this you know this is because of what you know what happened um in the military but wow. don't let that discourage you Saying in there,
0: thank you for sharing that again. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, let's see. Is MST by the way the same as non combat? Um, I think it be you know, PTSD is you know, the the way that they it's basically your symptomology, right? So, what are the symptoms? How is it affecting you socially, occupationally? Um. And that really it's the same, it's a different form that you you fill out um, when it comes to um f- doing the 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 forms. It's a 0781A versus a zero seven eight one, but um it's the same process as PTSD.
0: Yeah, the the only thing I think I would add in, in the question was related to types of PTSD. Okay. So the the VA categorizes two types of PTSD. Okay. There's PTSD combat and there's PTSD Mm non-combat. Military sexual trauma is a part of non-combat PTSD, right? Now, I think the, the question though was more related to, is it the same process? It's the same general process. However, the compensation and pension examiner, okay, and the VA rater, they're supposed to apply a whole nother level of empathy, care, and understanding to the fact that this isn't a story you probably really want to tell again, okay? You probably don't want to share all the details over again how many different times, Okay. Yeah. So oh, I I hope and pray that if you file an MST claim that you get a caring, compassionate and empathetic C&P examiner
1: mm-hmm. who
0: goes through the record in detail, who reviews the personal statement, who reviews any therapy or treatment notes. Hopefully they have the brains to not put you through the same level of scrutiny in that examination as you probably already had to go to just to submit the evidence, okay? Now, I can't promise or guarantee that, um, but I- I'm-, I'm asking here for some empathy and some understanding of our c mm-hmm. examiners when uh, a veteran steps forward and shares their uncomfortable truths about an MST, okay? let's take one more question. How about that? Um, and then we'll keep answering by the way, um, even after we're off of this live today. Oh, sure. I, so I think Amy, I would probably go with the rating letter, but I'll let you talk to that.
1: I would agree. Yeah. Um, You can, you can request, um, you can do a, a request to get your CMP notes um, and they should, I, I think it might, you might have to wait 30 days after the eval um, to get those, but you should be able to um, request those.
0: Yeah. So I think the, the question was more, uh, you can get your CMP exam notes after the fact, Um mm with an accredited agent or an accredited VSO they will he or she will have access to a system called VBMS which stands for the Veterans Benefit Management System and they can actually pull your C&P exam results in real time oh, sure, from, yeah. from VBMS. Yeah. Um, if you can also request a complete copy of your C file yep which is your VA claims file, you can do a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request. But I think to address that question, sir, directly, if the VA denied your claim and you really want to know why, the first place I would start is to read the rating decision letter in detail. Okay, because in the rating decision letter, it's, it's that white um, envelope that the VA sends you in the mail that mm-hmm. says, hey, Amy, veteran Amy Lacey, we made a decision on your claim about blah, right? Whatever the disability conditions were that you claimed. And they have to explain the why. right? Now, a lot of times they give you, you know, just some, some BS answers about that, about what the why is. Um, but the point is, you really need to read through the details of the rating decision letter, specifically the parts of the denial to find out what was the reason. Okay. And from there, you can cook up a strategy to understand maybe what you should do next. Okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And your, your coach can help you go through your denial letter as well, too. And, um, absolutely. yeah, review it with you and see what, what the next steps are to fight back.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Amy and fellow vats. Thank you. Yes, thank, thank you for your time today. For joining us. Yeah, Amy, thanks for your your just your your pure raw, real and open vulnerability. I mean, it's just you're such a light for so many veterans who, you know, might be in the darkness. Um and and I learned some new things today as well, you know, some things that I didn't know about you that um it's all part of your your journey, right? It's part of, yeah. part of this thing called life that we're all battling through together. Yeah. Um and fellow vets, please just know that you are never alone. Right. right. You are never, ever alone. Please reach out to somebody on this team. Um, you can contact us through our website. You can contact us through a chat bot. We have customer service representatives on the phone. You can Google uh, VA suicide and VA crisis line. You could Google VA mental health near me. Call a facility, get an appointment. OK, your life matters. And again, we, that's why we exist. We exist to help veterans celebrate life change, okay? Uh, remember some of the message that we shared today, that there can be beauty in the brokenness. Um, and I would encourage you all to, to take that half step forward, uh, no matter how broken you are right now, and start moving in the direction of life change, Okay, I think you're going to be I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised by the things that start happening. There's this level of acceptance and the the pain, the weight becomes lifted off of your chest and off of your shoulders. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. And oh, my gosh, I'm not weak. I'm actually Mm -hmm. strong. Mm -hmm. And oh, my gosh, there actually is a path forward for me that I didn't even realize, right? Again, it starts with with taking that half step. So again, Amy, now Eric, the Bearded Vet, our entire team, fellow veterans, we love you. We'll continue to pray for you. And again, you matter. You're never alone. Okay, we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel, 11 a.m. Central Time next Wednesday.
1: Thank you.